Hello and welcome to this edition of the Principle of Moments podcast. And coming up in this edition, I'm joined by Mark Rowley of Hanover Fox Executive Search to talk about what it is that really motivates senior executives and management. Now, just a reminder, you can catch up with all of the previous editions of the podcast via the website at www.hanoverfox.com or via any of the main streaming providers. So, money, perhaps the most complex and emotional of discussion topics, and as a subject matter, you can find reference to money in pretty much every quarter of day-to-day life. Literature, music, sport, film. And as for quotes on money, well... For as long as somebody has been making them, somebody has been taking note of them. So before we delve into the complexities of this subject, let's remember that when talking about money, it's not only for the serious. Many have chosen humour to sum up their relationship with money. That includes the comedic genius who was Spike Milligan, who once said, money can't buy you friends, but you can get a better class of enemy. Or the unnamed author who, famously, whoever it was, said that money can't buy you happiness, but it'll certainly buy you a type of misery that you prefer. So, anything that you can think of to add to those, Mark? I can't match that, Tim, to be fair. I think you've sort of summed it up quite nicely with those ones. Um, but it's it, it's always been a fairly dirty sort of topic, I think, over here for many, many years. And it's, it's only more recently that we've become more attuned to broaching the money issue um in its sort of raw state uh when it comes to paying rations for for, for for you know organizations to pay their employees as well um it's become more it's become more popular a topic and it needs to be because in the past it was very structured it was very black and white without a great deal of flexibility but now over the years over the past 10 years in particular um money and pay and rations and call it what you will is a much broader type of topic. It's associated and linked in with this, you know, from senior leadership right the way through to junior members of the team joining organizations who are starting out on their career. And I think because of various structures that have changed and technology has allowed for change, motivations around money and benefits in total is a very wide topic now. If we start with money, everywhere yeah. you look and research this subject, you will find an opposing view. But let's start with the most basic, and that is no other incentive or motivational technique comes close to money. Pay satisfaction equals job satisfaction. Is it that easy? No, it's not. Pay satisfaction and job satisfaction are totally different things, to be fair. They go hand in hand, clearly, because we all have to get up in the morning we want to get up in the morning to go and earn a, a, a good day's pay and a good mechanism of bonus and potential beyond that. Um, but that doesn't mean you have job satisfaction. You know, Over many years, I've interviewed candidates and people who have been very highly paid, but they don't enjoy what they're doing. That's the reason why probably we're meeting them in the first place, because they have reached the buffer, they have taken a relationship to a certain level, and they need to move away from that. They need a fresh challenge. They need new personalities. They need new product. And they need to see their career moving further forward. Pay is a big thing, don't get me wrong. But the satisfaction around the job content and the people you're with is increasing substantially. It really is. It's becoming much more attuned to career development and, and paths moving forward. There are now more performance-based packages in operation than ever yeah. Before, yet again, if you delve into this, 
there are plenty of studies that suggest that these plans possibly linked to uh, performance earnings stock prices uh, are deeply, deeply flawed. Now, there was a quote from a few years back that I came across from the incoming uh, chief executive of uh, Deutsche Bank, who said, I have no idea why I'm being offered a contract with a bonus. I promise you that I will not work harder or less hard in any day or year because somebody (laughs) is paying me a bonus. Very true. Personally, I couldn't agree more. I think the bonus elements to executive pay and performance packages, it has become the norm. And I never see why it's become the norm, because if you're hiring somebody on a contract, not only do you have the commitment from a legal point of view, because that person is joining you, so the the legality of the contract works on both sides, but you're taking on board the moral awareness of that person as well and the decency of that person. If that person is not performing to the levels of which they should be performing to, then the bonus element really wouldn't increase the activity of that uh, performance uh, any higher. So I think the whole benefits package has again become quite complicated over the last few years. It was very straightforward in the early days. Here was your basic salary. There was a bonus element driven around three or four type of targets. There was a company car. They had a few health benefits and possibly some stock options further down the line, maybe after quite a long period of time. But now to get the individuals on board who, in the view of the executive team, will drive the company and go for growth and change, and especially now because of the post-COVID, well, hopefully post-COVID scenario that we're currently in, and also with the the Brexit situation, which we've now come through, it seems, and navigated quite well, individuals do need to perform. There's no question of that. But I think there's this, this slightly sort of misconception from the hiring boards that the bonus element really be that you know that spring in the step to get people to perform now for me just speaking as an observer if i felt that the bonus element would be the trigger point to get people a person to perform or a team to perform that would raise question marks for me but that's a that's a broader issue further down the line i think the whole thing is is being reviewed currently and um it'll be interesting to see where it uh, where it leads Fixating on the actual performance can actually weaken it. Do you agree? If you want a great performance, then the performance itself is the wrong goal to fixate on. Yes, I think it depends on if you're looking for short-term performance, medium-term or long-term. Um, short-term performance really is, 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 can be quite straightforward to actually achieve. From a short-termism point of view, you've got to make sure that your product is suited to the market and is being developed on an ongoing basis as as the market demands and dictates. The people in the business can be changed. You can take on board new people and you can bring in the short-term incentives to allow for that person to perform and, and receive their awards. And you've got to make sure that the market that you're in, the environment that you're actually trading in, allows for the growth of that business. To reposition a business that is very traditional, it's been around for 100 years, it's actually operating in a shrinking market, that's harder to get the medium-term development and the longer-term development. So I think the whole performance package on bringing seniors into an organisation are split into the short-term, the medium-term and the long-term. Some individuals are very capable of the short-term. They can achieve the goals, and those goals could be various KPIs, anything from product launch through to bottom-line performance, shareholder returns. The medium-term on performance, more companies are now looking far more into performance levels, such as women in boardrooms, um, diversity targets. There's the green agenda, 
which is now really gathering pace and a lot of companies are introducing various green and eco targets on how their footprint to business actually operates. Supplier standards, if we're buying goods or items in from overseas, are we sure that who we're buying from has an operation that is suited to the well-being of the staff that are operating in that business? And again, the moral compass. Now, they move more into that sort of medium and longer term. But each one takes particular skill to navigate and you've got to identify when you need to move from the short term to the medium term. And that may well be through a different character set. That may well be through a different team. The art of it from a a senior board member point of view or from the team that run the company is to identify that before it is needed and make them those changes or change the structure to allow to move on to the next level of performance. Interesting you're talking about a green agenda and, and buying standards. Mm. Uh, a case I came across in the last few months surrounding a, a football team in Germany in, in Hamburg called St. Pauli. Uh, they sent out to various suppliers details of what they wanted for their kit next season or for the next few seasons and uh, everything that came back didn't fit within their standards, how they wanted to uh, go forward with their with their green agenda. Uh, So they didn't take anybody's. And what they've done is they've actually decided they are going to produce their own kit in-house. And I think that is a a great example of, I think, how a lot of companies now see themselves. It's a big topic. I mean, it really is now on the business and the lifestyle agenda. But also, news travels so quickly on a global basis, we can all tap into our Instagrams and WhatsApp and the news feeds and what have you. And and any feature that does come out from a territory where there's a a living standard issue or the like, um, it's known instantly. And that today has a big impact. It really does. And it can provide a lot of commentary, a lot of discussion, all at the expense of that one brand. So by taking in-house and looking at featuring that in-house and having the standards for the product and the kit, but also the standards of the staff and the well-being of people actually producing it and the suppliers that they're buying from to produce it, this refers back to the moral compass. And the moral compass, it's much more in business now than it used to be. Um, it, it, was, it was very aggressive and very much a, a throwaway sort of society uh, previously, but certainly the... Um, The moral side of doing business is very much gathering pace. Another study that I looked through suggested that when a large portion of pay is based on variables, the more likely you are to see people try to cheat the system. Paying CEOs stock options, it said, significantly increased the likelihood of earnings manipulation Uh, potential lawsuits from shareholders, and in some cases, they identify product safety issues. Well, it can bring out the good and the bad in people, can't it? That's back to the sort of the human element. And it goes some way into making sure that when you do onboard a senior executive, that you've gone through the process that is thorough, it's compliant, and that you really are as sure as you can be of taking the right character sets on board. But there'll always be that element of individual who will see, particularly within the short-term game, that can be achieved by a little bit of manipulation. It can be achieved by um, some fancy footwork on, on financial reporting. It's a shame it does happen, but I think probably it's getting less because, again, there is much more compliance around it now and transparency is, is much more of a common feature. There's no sort of right and wrong way, if you like, of putting together performance-related activity and benefits because every individual will have their own agenda. A performance-related package for an engineering mindset will be very different to a commercial mindset. But I say it's identifying which trigger points are suited 
um, and making sure that they're always reviewed and always updated when necessary. Uh, and, and speaking to people, you know, it's, it's fine saying our benefits are A, B and C, and you're telling the people that. Let's have some communication. You know, what would you find as a middle manager to be a motivational factor? Yes, we'd like to pay a, a decent amount of money. Um, we do a benchmarking process when we know that our basic salaries at this level are comparative to the marketplace. But beyond that, what is it that you would like to see in a benefits package that really puts the spring in your step to come to work in the morning? And you'd be surprised how many people won't be talking about the financial side. They'll be talking about what I call the softer benefits. And these could be benefits based around childcare. They could be around health issues, even food issues and feeding and this type of thing. It sounds <laughs> it sounds quite light and fluffy to talk about it, but as I say everybody has their agendas. How can we manage your expectations of working within this business? Well, that led quite nicely, actually, into into this. The there was a Harvard Business Review which had a report where it quoted nine out of ten would be willing to work for less money for the opportunity to do more meaningful work. Uh, in other words, managers yes. and employers need to have uh, a sense that their roles are meaningful. And it wasn't just them. There was one by uh, IBM who concluded in their report that they commissioned, which reiterated, meaningful work is the biggest single con uh, contributor to the work experience. Yes, I, I totally agree. People like to get something out of their working day and of their working week that goes beyond what they're just employed to be doing. And you know, meaningful even relates to recognition just by having a pat on the back, just by having the recognition within a team meeting that a job has been well done. Because when a job then, if, if you're receiving that, and if a job then in the future is, is not quite so well done, you also take that news on board and you realize that it's productive, I can do something better because you've experienced previously the pat on the back for doing a, a job well done. And I think it'll raise the expectation um, of the staff, but also raise the productivity of, of, of the teams that are there. We all like to get recognition. It's, it's, a, human, it's a human feeling. It's, a human, it's in our human nature. Um, and we're also social animals. So we, we, we want to go to work in the morning and get on well with the team that are there. If we don't, we go back home. We're a bit grumpy. We take that grumpiness back into the family environment. And um, it's not healthy, not healthy at all. But the sweet spot is, and I've been in organizations where I've been in both the good and the bad, um, but when you, when you get that sweet spot, it's very powerful, very productive, um, and it manages itself as well. It doesn't require a huge amount of management from the management um, side of the business. And that's it for this edition of Principle of Moments podcast. All of the previous editions, remember, of the podcast are still available to stream or download via the website or via any of the main streaming providers that includes iTunes and Acast. Now, to get in touch with today's guest, Mark Rowley, or any of the team at Hanover Fox, then all the contact details can be found via the website at www.hanoverfox.com. Thank you very much for joining us today, and we look forward to having your company again on the next edition of Principle of Moments podcast. Until then, from me, Tim Cable, bye-bye for now.